What is up, Fight Fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show. I am your host, Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly. With me, as usual, is Nano, and we are in reverse order. What is going on here? My goodness. <laughs> there we go. Ah. Tricked <laughs> Which side's he on? There he is. Uh, so, welcome back, Nano. Welcome back, Fight Fans. Let's go. We are here we for are a here. random Wednesday episode, because oh. I am not going to be here tomorrow. I am going to be on the road with my happy self, driving to Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas! Um... You know, we're, we're headed to fight week, baby. Let's go. It's going to be a good time. We I'm excited. It. Let's go. Uh, super stoked. We'll have Drew there. You've seen him on the show in previous episodes. Mystic Drew, as we call him. Shout out to Drew. It's actually his birthday today. Happy birthday, birthday dear to Drew. You. Happy birthday, <laughs> birthday to Drew. <laughs> Let's um, go. So happy, happy birthday, birthday Drewski. Drew. Let's go. Super juice that we're going to get to hang out tomorrow and uh, throughout the rest of the weekend, man. Super stoked for these fights that are coming up and just super stoked for all the events. Super stoked to get to meet all these fighters across oh my at, gosh. Uh, International Fight Week. They're going to be taping a live episode of DC and RC there. Uh, they're going to be Ooh. taping a live episode of the Anik Florian podcast there. Nice. Um, the with boys. Matt, the steamroller for Vola as a guest on the show. Steamroller. Um, let's go. Steamroller. Let's uh, get should it. be a, should be a really good time, man. Honestly, I'm super man. About it. Get to see everyone in the flesh. Get to rub shoulders, so breathe the cool. air. Get to size them up a little bit. Yeah, but a cheers in person, you know. Get a Absolutely, little live action. Absolutely, bump some fists. I think that's probably my go-to move in those kind of situations. Oh, facts. Hopefully, snack some picks if you can. And hey, man, I know you're gonna have the mini mic, so who knows? Maybe there'll be some surprise content coming through. Let's go. I'll have to bring a fork. Uh, that way I have the fork, Mike, you know. <laughs> when go. I'm around, everybody gets forked. Yeah, um, we're just forking around. Just forking just around. Fork, just forking around. We can, we can use it. We can use it. Uh, so jumping into this fight card, we are going to be breaking down and running through UFC 290, our favorite fights on the card, how we see them playing out. Um, and then it, towards the end of the episode, we're going to have a little solo versus solo segment coming in. Little bet versus bet action. Um, and, and of course, we're gonna see Eric there, the homie. This is probably my longest time friend, uh, that I that I still am friends with to this day. Uh, so shout out Eric from the, the days of Louisiana all the way out here, man. Started from the bottom, now we're here, literally. Let's go. Uh, the bottom of the country, like Louisiana. Uh, so <laughs> what up, we Eric? Made it, we made it from the boot. Uh, wiggle on to, in there, why don't you? Sin City, <laughs> the flyaway, wiggle his way onto flyaway. Um, <laughs> so, man, this this fight card is stacked, honestly, oh, from man. the bottom to the top. And why wouldn't it be? It's International Fight Week. Um, there's actually early prelims on this one because there are so many fights. It's been a while since we've had that. You know, and there's some good ones. There, there's actually some names on there to to keep in mind. So. Absolutely. I mean, the first name that comes to mind uh, on the early prelims here is Cameron Simon. Yeah. Africa, stand up for your boy. Okay. Um, Cameron Simon, he's one of them guys from he's Africa a, who's, a who's the standout. He's a guy. He's a dog. Um, he, there's, I think there's a chapter about him in Emiliano's book titled, He's a Dog. Um, so Cameron Simon is coming in here against Terrence Mitchell, who is Jen. a short notice fighter. Um, not much is known about him down to the point to where he doesn't even have a picture. If you Google him, that being said, I mean, 
Uh, what can you say? Anybody's we're finding the logo the here. Anybody's <laughs> Everyone has a bunch of chance. They have very similar builds. I think Terrence is actually a little bit taller, a little bit longer. Um, that being said, I, I'm not 100% sure as to what he brings to the table just because he's more of a regional scene guy. He hasn't really fought a ton of, I don't want to say like talent, but just not a ton of noteworthy talent, right? Um, that being said, every single person in the world has a puncher's chance. Do I think that he ends up beating Cameron Simon? Not necessarily. Um, I do love his nickname, though, Tear Bear. Uh, I just saw that. <laughs> just honestly, <laughs> adorable nickname. Oh, and, that's fantastic. And he's on a hell of a win streak. And every single one of those wins is by way of finish, whether it be TKO, KO, submission. Um, he had a guy submit from punches, which is like wild. I only have seen Whoa. one other person make another person submit from punches, and that was Luke Rockhold against... Oh, Rockhold against oh man this must you, have been in his right heyday now. it was a while ago right yeah. yeah it was actually one of his one of his last fights uh, that he won in the UFC it was solid uh, David Branch oh TKO'd okay there we go submission to punches oh jeez Gets him in like a crucifix or something, and then just he doesn't let him go. He, he just uh, he got a, he got his back. He got back control. Spread the legs out and just started blap blap boom boom. Just started teeing oh. off on the sides of his head like a fucking. It was wild, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Yeah, this is gonna be a good one though. Yeah, like you said, we don't know too much about Terrence Mitchell, but like you said, everyone has a fighter's chance. He's gonna have, I guess, a little bit of a height, uh, probably reach advantage there as well. I would assume fifteen and two record. He, you know, age thirty three. He's the elder, right? But again, you tend to see when anyone is you know, more than six years, we're looking at 10 plus years here on this case, you tend to want to go towards the younger fighter unless it's the ultimate fighter. I got to always preface that because that's a different ballgame there. But <laughs> hey, in, in the UFC, though, we're talking about a young fighter who's extremely talented. Cam- Cameron or Cameroon Stamen, 22 years old, 8-0, has shown some ath- uh, great athletic skills, very explosive wouldn't be surprised if he showcases those skills. And again, it's a big one. It's the coming out party here for the UFC. It's like the Super Bowl. You got to be that excited here for it. So, um, yeah, I, I think he'll win. I'd be surprised if it goes to to a decision. Like you said, you know, Terrence taking this on short notice. Uh, but, hey, man, we'll see. It'll be a good one. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, Rolling right forward through these early prelims, we have a, a name that I feel like it's almost deja vu, like to say out loud here, Tatsuro Taira. I feel like I was just saying this name just two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. I was. Uh, and he had a fight that was canceled against one Cladeson Rodriguez. Now he is stepping up on just two weeks later after already having made weight uh, just two weeks ago to fight Edgar Chires. Um This is a very interesting matchup, to be completely honest. I think... This might actually be a scarier matchup than his previous one uh, against Clayton that got canceled. Just because, again, you're stepping up against someone that's fresh who didn't just cut weight two weeks ago. Uh, their last fight was in March, and it was a submission in round four. So, yeah, they, they fought for three and a half rounds. But still, that was like five months ago at this point. You cut weight two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think that serves to to tell a story there. Um the guy that he is fighting is very well-rounded as far as what he's able to do in the octagon. He has 
four losses, two by way of submission, two by way of decision, uh, four KO slash TKOs, and six submissions on the side of victory for him. Um, gotta love his sure dog picture too. Looks like he's doing either a Kamehameha or a Hadouken. Um, nice. Either way, love to see it. But as a betting man, my money's on Tatsuo Taira. I think um, he's he's one of those guys that I, I truly am drinking the Kool Aid. I'm all in on this guy. I'm riding that hype train till the wheels fall off, as they say. And uh, yeah, take that one to the bank. Yeah. I would agree. Um, and Vegas would agree with you as well. He's a extreme, extremely uh, heavy favorite. You know, bit, of in terms favorite of bit of a heavy favorite there. You're, you're not going to make too much money betting on him. Just a heads up there. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, the dude is extremely talented. And we've talked about him, I think, in the past, maybe months ago, in terms of future contenders, guys that are under you know 25 years old that can most likely be a future contender. And and Tatsuro fits the bill. Thirteen to zero, seven submissions. Uh, it's probably his most likely path to victory here. You know, uh, Edgar Chires, who Viva la Mexico. Let's go. Got the Mesco jersey on. Um, looking for him to come out and, and and showcase a strong performance. If he can at, at any point, you know, put something on Tatsuro, maybe weather the storm early, maybe put him into some deep water. He has not been. Tested because, frankly, he just beats the guys he uh, is fighting so handedly. But hey, man, you know what? What can we see from him here? Otherwise, lean in Tatsuo, obviously, from a betting perspective. But you never know. Sometimes, with when it's a heavy favorite like that, it's like you, you see maybe a more better fight, maybe a more loose fighter in there. I mean, it. You never know, ladies and gentlemen. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one. Make sure you're tuned in. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's gonna be a very very fun one. No how it ends up turning out. I do think that the the most viable path to victory, as you said, is Tatsuro Taira via submission. Um, deadly submission game, whether it's on top or on bottom, the guy gets it done. I don't think this is going to be any different for him. I could definitely see him getting it done here on Saturday. Uh, moving into the prelims. Man, again, just here we go. stacked, man. Here um, we go. That was just the warm-up, y'all. Three undefeated fighters on the early prelims. Let's go. On the Come early on. prelims. We're, we got undefeated folks on the early prelims, you guys. Like, this is a true delight. Uh, so, so now that we're done with that appetizer. Off, <laughs> yeah, now that we're done with the appetizer, jumping into, you know, a, a little bit more hearty meal here. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Crute, the brute. Jimmy the, the brute. brute. Um, arguably some of the coolest tattoos in MMA. Uh, oh, he's man. got He's got the the Resident Evil one. He's got the, the old school, I believe, like... Uh, Dreamcast or Atari, like he has really neat <laughs> tattoos, and he's nice. just a, a dope dude. Uh, who's he coming in here against? A young man who looks like he should be tested by USADA thirty-two times a day. <laughs> and I'm not saying he looks like someone that's cheating or on steroids. That's a lie. He does look like someone that's on steroids, just because he looks like a specimen. And I mean, it doesn't help that the guy's nickname is Atomic. And again, like I just, I, I feel like if he pissed in a cup, the, that's why he hasn't been caught. It melts the cup, folks. It's a, it's atomic. Uh, they just made a movie about it called Oppenheimer. Uh, <laughs> go see it in a theater near you. Uh, so soon. The the best thing about this fight is it's a rematch. Yeah, and it's a rematch that I mean the the original fight just took place in February. It was an interesting too, huh? Well, I mean that wasn't was too long draw. ago. You typically don't see draws or rematches in this kind of range, right? It's usually maybe a title fight or 
uh, Dustin versus Gaethje too. You know, I mean, yeah, and that's years I mean, in the making. Exactly. That's yeah, not right away usually. Um, but yeah, it it was a draw, and I'm sure you remember the fight. It was a fun one, back and forth. Jimmy Crew, you know, uh, gritty was in there doing his thing, meats and potatoes as he does. Uh, but Alonzo, man, this freaking comic book superhero or villain or just the <laughs> guy you'd build or chisel out of granite rock. Can um, I just say when he, when he fought William Knight, that was the most oh. fat and out of shape I've ever felt in my entire life watching him. <laughs> like looking I mean, at yeah, those two guys, wanna... I was like, wow, but these are two, these are two guys that were made in a lab. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Should go do some push-ups. I or should something. go to the gym. Yeah. I literally, I know, I know, I at least shadow boxed and did a couple sets of push-ups. One hundred percent. Right after that fight. One hundred percent. Have to. Um, and yeah, and I think the reason why this was a draw, Alonzo did get a point deducted. I, I don't remember if it was a cup check or a poke or something. Do you remember? Was it illegal strike? Oh man, I cannot remember what it was. Was it? It there was a point I know, deducted. I know I'm going to be wrong, so that, but I feel like it was a fence grab. Oh, maybe. Maybe when Jimmy was trying to take him down, maybe he did grab on. Yeah, it. I, th- I think when Jimmy was trying to take him down, he grabbed the fence and it, it altered the course. It of actually, the that's the thing. It actually like changed the positioning or he actually got up from it or maybe did it a couple times and then they finally gave the point. And um, I get it. Like, that's not something that I, I really like fault. Even like the, the cup checks and, and things like that. Like, I get it. Unless you're John Jones and you've poked every single person you fought in the eyes um, and and or kicked them in the nuts. Like, as long as it it's not intentional and it doesn't seem malicious, like, bro, in one Saturday, one Muay Thai uh, based guy kicked me in the in the cup four times, and the worst thing about it is I wasn't wearing a cup. Um, oh, no. It was a horrible day at sparring, and oh, no. after that, I never forgot my cup again. Valuable, <laughs> valuable learning day for me. Oh um, no, it was bad, bro. Like it's <laughs> it's it's super bad. Um, even with the like, cup, I guess it's not like it's any better. I mean, it, it, the, the and that's the thing. Are, like even yeah. with the cup, like it's it's digging into your skin. It's still reverberating all the boys in there. Um, oh yeah, yeah. The gentlemen don't great. like that. Yeah, they don't appreciate it. The acoustics aren't great. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, like venom when he finds some acoustics, he gets all rattled up. Doesn't like sweat, it. Too that's much. what it feels like. Um, <laughs> but you know, like even then, like I wasn't mad at the guy because I know he yeah. was going for inside leg kicks. Yeah. And I, mean, I was simply moving with them. So that way I didn't eat his inside leg kick. Instead, I just ended up eating a shot to the dick. Um, it happens, <laughs> folks. It happens. It this happens. Is the game. Um, but Atomic versus the Brute. It's a toss up fight, though, man. Going? It's a toss up fight. It's a toss up fight. I do feel like these guys are going to be throwing some heavy shots. They are familiar with each other. They've already gone 15 minutes. So how does that factor in here? But again, I, I, I tend to gravitate towards the younger guy. Jimmy's 27. Uh, he's he's part of the Aussie crew that's rolling deep. I don't know if you noticed my uh, Bam Bam Tuivasa shirt back there. Had to rep yes, Mexico. Sir. I was going to put it on, but I had to make a last minute audible because I had to rep my my squad, my peeps. Um, yeah. But no, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean Jimmy here. I'm going with Jimmy. I think he's going to get it done against the uh, the older Alonzo. It did feel like he started to decline towards the end of that fight. So maybe stamina, maybe some of the age might factor in there. And I think Jimmy's a good fighter, man. He's 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 all he's he's a gamer, you know, not a elite talent per se, but he's been in there for a long time. He's coming from a good camp. He he's shown some highlights. I'm hoping to see the best of him, and I think he'll come out and get the W. What do you think? You know, I'll I'll be completely honest. Um, Hart says Jimmy Crute, 
brain says Alonzo Menafield. Um, mm, reason yeah. reason being, Alonzo Menafield threw twice as many punches across every single round in the first fight. Um, he also didn't shoot for a single takedown, whereas Jimmy shot for 12 and landed six. Going six for 12 on takedowns uh, is impressive for one reason, if 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 only one reason, right? And it, I, in my humble opinion, it's impressive for a number of reasons. The main reason being, you had the stamina to shoot for 12 takedowns. Like, that's fucking exhausting. Like, that's gut-wrenching. For anybody listening that's done wrestling, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, find a local MMA gym and find out when they do wrestling classes. And if you hate yourself, go to one of those. Um, it's just, it's grueling, bro. It's a dense. It's tough. It's, it's terrible. It'll like, humble I, I hate you. wrestling. Um, it's just the worst. It's so the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> there's, nothing, <laughs> there's nothing else. That's why wrestlers are the best base for fighters, because if you're a wrestler, like you've already been through hell. What's your opponent going to do to you? So yeah. being able to shoot 12 takedowns, especially when you're failing half the time, very, very impressive. Very impressive stamina, very impressive endurance, very impressive everything that, that goes towards that meaning. Um, but that being said, Alonzo Minifield was able to stuff half his takedowns last fight, didn't shoot for one of his own. What happens if she, he shoots for one of his own and actually ends up getting some top position control himself? Because let me tell you, he shot zero takedowns in the last fight. And uh, what ended up happening is he he got half the amount of control as a man who shot for 12 takedowns. So, I mean, if I shoot zero takedowns, I get three minutes and 55 seconds of control time on you. You shoot 12 and you get seven minutes and 55 seconds of control time on me. I'm a better grappler than you. I'm just choosing to strike. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, actually, I just talked myself into it. I'm just, I'm going all in on Alonzo Minifield. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I guess... Maybe we'll do be doing a shot. I know you'll be uh, watching it somewhere. And uh, I'll definitely be in Vegas, and I'll definitely give you a call. There we go. And I'm sure some alcoholic beverages will be around you within proximity. It will be so. in hand, flowing steadily. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Moving that into the good. next one, uh, just I mean, there's there's a couple of fights. Like we could go over every single fight in the card. I'll be honest with you. This card is stacked, but yeah, I don't want to keep the folks here all night. I also have to finish packing at some point. Um, so we're going to go ahead and jump into Jack Della Maddalena versus Sean Brady. Just kidding. Sean Brady's in the hospital with an injury. Wreck a scratch. That sucks. <laughs> um, man. Never you, mind. You that was going to be a fun one. That was going to um, be a guilty pleasure on this card, I felt like, on the prelims. But now we got, uh, who I is it? I was so excited for that. Now he's going against Josiah Harrell. Um, Josiah the muscle hamster. Harrell. The muscle hamster. The muscle hamster is right. And what a nickname. What a nickname that is, folks. Hey, well, speaking of wrestling, right? I think that was a good segue here. That seems to be his background, right? The muscle hamster seems to be a, a little bit of a wrestler. I guess I'll, I'll take the quick uh, jump in here, might as well, <laughs> while while I kind of just stuck my toe in the door. Uh, but 24 <laughs> years old, you know, Josiah, 7 and no, putting up his, uh, his O is up for grabs here, man, and taking the final short notice. You'd love to see it. I give the man huge props. Out of those seven professional fights, four knockout victories, three submissions, well-balanced. Uh, but unfortunately, I think there's a big difference when it comes to the competition that both of these fighters have faced. We've heard of Jack Della Maddalena, not just because he's a cool name, but he's earned some really impressive victories. Just two years older than Josiah, 26 years old. 
However, an impressive 14 and two record, 11 KOs, two submissions. The dude's got some slick boxing, some of the best hands in the game, and uh, possesses that instinct to you know take it out when he starts to smell the blood in the water. Goes in for the kill, man. I think Jack's the man. And and I and I give Josiah props, but we're gonna see some good boxing, some good striking in this one, and probably some good takedown defense. What do you think, brother? I completely agree. I think Jack Della Maddalena is that guy. He's the guy that I think is is he's the future of the division. To be completely honest, he's one of the best boxers, as Emiliano is demonstrating right now. Uh, for those viewing the the video version here, one of the best boxers in MMA to date. Um, that being said, Josiah the Muscle Hamster Harrell. Love this nickname. I could definitely get behind this guy, folks. Um, just doing some quick maths. Across his entire pro career, the man has less than an hour of fight time. Um, and he has never lost. That's pretty damn impressive, if you ask me, considering he has seven fights. Um, before that, he actually racked up five back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back wins in his amateur career. And... Just throwing something out there, I I'm I have a sneaky suspicion that he hates people whose name starts with A. In his amateur career, he beat four men whose name started with the letter A in a row. Um, and that's out of five amateur fights. I mean, you you draw conclusions where you want, but I'm just saying. Um he's aces. <laughs> he's an ace. Um he's just, yeah, that's funny. That's a good uh yeah, Alex analysis. Watson, Austin Toon, Alec Aragon. Oh, double A, Alec Aragon. And then Ashton Kirby. Um, Maybe they're just trying to axe all the players with an A. They're like, who do we need to give this guy to? Give him another one. The muscle hamster. The guy has four KOs, less TKOs, three submissions, zero defeats. I mean, on the other side of him, the, the man has lost. But the thing is, he hasn't lost in some time, and he hasn't lost since his first two losses, which were his first two fights in his professional career. Um he has been submitted. He has been TKO'd. Both of those things tell me that he can be submitted and he can be TKO'd. Um, <laughs> and his opponent, the muscle hamster, has TKO'd and submitted people. Uh, that being said, am I going to bet on him right now? Not a chance. If the odds go super duper crazy and we get like plus, I don't know, it'd have to be over over 1,000 for me to put anything on Josiah Muscle Hamster. Otherwise, again, we're riding this train till the wheels fall off. Jack Della Maddalena, JDM. He is the man, the myth, the future legend. Absolutely. He's a savage. He's making his way up. All these Aussies, man, it's going to be a coming out party. They're rolling deep. And that's a perfect segue. I said this man's a future legend. Speaking of someone that's not a future legend, someone that is an all-time legend, has been a legend for for many, many years. He's, he's the very next fighter on the card. I don't know why he is on the prelims and Bo Nickel is fighting a random guy on the main card. What the fuck? Make it make sense, people. Come on, uh, but We have ruthless Robbie Lawler coming in against Nico the Hybrid Price. Uh, I think he used to actually call himself Nico the Freak Price. I think that's a more fitting name because the man is a fucking freak. Yeah. He knocks people out from the bottom. He knocks people out from the top. Um, he keeps on swinging and the fun don't stop. Nico Price, ladies and gentlemen, he's coming in here against the ruthless one, Robbie Lawler. Nano, what do you think? Oof. Well, I'll tell you what. This is a fun one. For us old school UFC fans, we do got the old legend against a a, a dog. We got two absolute dogs and going in there. So, you know, I'm a huge fan of this one. 
to to cap the prelims. I'm surprised, like you said, it's not on the main card, but we digress. I will say, I'm going to make an early prediction here. This is going to be the bloodiest fight of the night. Mark my words. Bloodiest fight of the night. They're going to paint the canvas with each other's blood. It's going to be a war. Uh, these men, man, when they go in the octagon, they bite down. They see who's willing to fall first, and they leave it all out there, right? I, I think the big thing here is, like I said, it's Robbie's age. And and what's his durability going to look like at 41 years old? Nico Price, he's not Nick Diaz, right? This guy, Nico, he has power in his hands and his legs, and will try to put Robbie away early and often. And just the way his like body composition is, it, it's very awkward. I know Robbie's fought just about everybody and their sons at this point, but now it's, you know... This is a new game, and these young kids, man. I mean, with the eight-year difference, you know, Nico's thirty-three, so he's not necessarily a spring chicken, you know. But I think he's going to be a little bit more springy. I think as the fight goes on, he's going to be able to wear those punches better. And I don't know. I mean, Robbie can put anyone's lights out. We're talking about Robbie Raleigh Lawler here. I mean, he just had a fight go on the Hall of Fame. He's potentially a Hall of Famer as well, just in terms of legendary careers. But I got to lean Nico. I mean, Nico's, he has heavy hands. Like I said, he can put you out in a lot of ways. And that's probably what's going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, I got to be honest. Uh, I, there's a lot in me that does not Drew? like this fight. Um, as Drew said in the chat, ruthless retirement fight. I'm not ready. My God, I'm not ready either. At I'm least not. we'll be able to have a beer and a shot together once it happens. Um, I might cry a little bit. I got to side with exactly what you're saying here, Nano. And I hate, I hate to say it. Nico Price is a terrifying young man. He's um, He kind of looks like what Eric would look like if Eric chose to do MMA and probably took a lot of protein and hit a crazy gross. A lot of protein. Um, yeah, I know you saw the test for a little while, but yeah. A lot, of, lot of protein, maybe some rocket fuel, um, <laughs> secreted juice, um, make you strong in jackets. Some of Costa's wine, yeah, um, something. You know, I uh, both these guys are, are kind of coming on some weird fights. Um Nico Price, his most five recent or his five most recent fights were against Vicente Luque. He lost. Donald Cerrone, no contest. Michelle Pajeda, lost. Um, I actually thought he he won that fight or did enough to win that fight, but that's another story for another day. Uh, Alex Cowboy Oliveira, he won a unanimous decision, and then Philip Rowe, he lost to. Um, on the other side of this, in Robbie Lawler's last fights or last five fights. Exact same thing other than a no contest. Four losses, one win. Uh, he lost to Ben Askren, Kobe Covington, Neil Magny, Brian Barbarena, and he beat Nick Diaz. Uh, the two, the three most recent people that he beat um, are, are basically all retired. Uh, actually, if you go down further than that, Jake Ellenberger, retired. Matt Brown, pretty close to retiring. Johnny Hendricks, retired. Rory McDonald, retired. Carlos Condit, retired. Donald Cerrone, retired. Nick Diaz, should be retired. So, it's, man. Oh, Riding's that's actually a really good point. Drew, Drew said in the chat here, uh, Price is shaped <laughs> like a pterodactyl. I actually agree. He's shaped exactly <laughs> yeah. like a pterodactyl. That's exactly um, what it is. People, please do a quick Google search and look up Nico Price and then look up pterodactyl. Uh, it's tricky. Pterodactyl does start with the letter P. Google will help you out with the rest. Um, <laughs> so again, this is going to be a very, very wild fight for as long as it lasts. I do think we're going to get to see a finish in this one. 
I can't see myself betting against Robbie Lawler. So instead, I'll probably end up betting on the under. I don't know. We'll see in the bet versus bet segment if I did that or not. I don't know. Spoiler alert. We'll see. Um, but yeah, my money's on Nico, the hybrid price. And I think he's, he gets it done via brutal fashion. Moving into the main card. Okay. Starting off the main card, we have Bo Nickel coming in against Ray Sean Gore from the Ultimate Fighter. Sorry, folks. Uh, just kidding. That fight has been canceled. He's actually coming in against Val Woodburn, uh, bing, bing, who, bing. Was, who was actually set up to come in anyways and fight on the, the Contender Series, but that was supposed to happen all the way in August. So, okay. got the call. He moved up. Um... Fun fact about this guy, you'll probably hear John Anik say it on the broadcast uh, somewhere in the fight. Like, oh, he landed a strong left hand there. Now, this man, Val Woodward, uh, Woodburn, before fighting, was working in the restaurant industry and then decided to open up his own landscaping business. He's still running that landscaping business right now while becoming a UFC fighter on just two days notice. Go check out his Yelp page. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, wow. he says he's going to continue doing the landscaping business even when he makes it into the UFC, which he officially now has. Uh, so well, good for him. I hope he gets paid at a minimum. I mean, that's awesome. It, it's it's a D1 like world-class wrestler versus a state champion wrestler. So last time we had this conversation, it was a, a D1 wrestler coming in against a D3. Or sorry, it was an Olympic gold medalist wrestler coming in against a D3 wrestler. Uh, and that was... That was when I was taking the D3 wrestler in that one, and nobody thought I was right. And what happened when Aljamain Sterling took down the Olympian, and uh, I don't want to say he made it look easy, but he didn't make it look terribly hard. Whoa, whoa. That is true. Um, that is true. So I'm just saying, I I, I may or may not uh, be praying that the odds get even worse for our guy Val Woodburn. And uh, while I'm in Vegas, I might have to go see a bookie. Maybe, maybe. I mean, do you you think in his path is you think he's an out wrestle the the wrestler, or you think he could put some hands on him? Because I mean, you got to think Bo's a bit one dimensional, right? I mean, yeah, he has a lot of hype, but we haven't seen Bo Nickel is the Gracie of our time. Like he's got one move, uh, he's yeah. just got the wrestling, but which is extremely dominant. I mean, it's yeah, if, if extremely dominant, yeah, if Khabib or Islam were a one trick pony of some sort, or a Gracie or a ryan hall or someone i guess yeah it's it's an interesting one right i guess huge shout out to val or valentine woodburn for taking the fight on short a few days notice uh and for being ready to get in there dose literally multiple two days absolute savage you know he's undefeated seven to no and again i think this is a win-win for him right win because hey you saved the fight you saved the the main card you're gonna get paid for it you're getting the most notoriety you could possibly get we're talking about you, your landscaping business, probably going to get a lot of looks, getting a lot of clicks, a lot of impressions. It's International Fight Week. It's the biggest card of the year so far, for sure. Has the makings to be one of the biggest cards ever if if these fights are, go the way we think it could go. So how do you really turn that down, right, for this type of opportunity for the world to see you? Uh, and it's also a win because if he actually goes out there and, well, beats this young fighter, you take all that potential, you take all that steam that Bo has been pumped with from the UFC, you're taking all that with it and you get to run with it, right? So it's a, it's a fun one. 
it's a win-win for him. I mean, Bo, he's only 4-0, 27 years old. Might be one of the best wrestlers in the UFC already. But can that be the difference? Can, you know, does he, can, does he have the strike? And can he go out there and beat just a random guy on any, um, I mean, just any random guy, right? I mean, we'll see. We will see. I mean, uh, here's the thing. It's it's not that I'm betting against Bo Nickel because I don't think Bo Nickel's going to win. It's because it's because exactly what Drew Toledo just said here in the chat. Call him Nickel because that's all you get when you bet on him. Five cents. Um, you know, you bet a thousand to win a nickel. Um, I mean, like, geez. What's the point here? He's, yeah. he's the heaviest. He's officially, as of right now, the heaviest favorite in UFC betting history going into Saturday night. Um, so, I mean, if, I think if you have the ability to bet sports betting, you're crazy not to put a few bucks on him. Just be completely candid. I, I I just like throw, even if it's just a dollar, throw a dollar on him, throw 25 cents on him, like, and then go buy yourself one beer after you put your 25 cent smashes. Um, here's the thing. Val Woodburn is actually not a terrible fighter by any means. And he has almost twice the experience as our guy here. Um, like what, what else is there to say? He has twice the experience here. He's got seven compared to four fights. Bo nickel is good. Make no mistake of it. Like in his four fights, you combine those four fights all together. And he's had, I think just a little over one round of fight time. He's had six minutes of fight time with all four fights combined. He's an absolute animal. He's an absolute finisher. That being said, he's never been punched in the face. I don't think ever. Um, what happens when someone whose nickname is literally the animal punches him in the fucking face? Does he continue going for a double leg? Because let me tell you, you can be the best wrestler in the world. But if you shoot for a double leg and I catch you with an uppercut in the mouth, your double leg is not going to continue to be as pretty. You're going to get a little bit sloppy, kid. And then if you get sloppy and then I catch you with a couple of hooks while you're coming in and I'm sprawling on you, I don't think you're going to be in a rush to shoot another double leg on me. So I think the first takedown attempt, if Valentine is able to stuff that takedown and then he's able to stay off the fence, it could be a really really long night for Bo Nickel. Um, personally, I think this is actually a uh, a worse matchup for him than Treshawn Gore. Like Treshawn Gore, he has seven fights as well, but he's five and two. He proved that he can be beat. Animal hasn't shown that many weaknesses, if any, in his fights. Uh, he, he is exactly what he says. He's an animal. Five TKO slash KOs, two decisions. So he's proved that when it goes to decision, he can get the job done. Um, and he also has a pretty decent amateur career too. He went three, one, and one in his amateur career, which a lot of folks in the MMA community, they they don't really take the time to develop an amateur career even. So good on him. I'll be watching intently in that fight and I'll be betting heavily on Valentine the Animal Woodburn. Woo, let's go. Hey man, I love it. Getting spicy. It's a big week. I, I like you. You know me, dude. I love an underdog story. I and know it. I think Bo Bo might be at that point to where he's young and he's maybe drinking the, drinking his own Kool-Aid. I mean, he hasn't been tested. We got to see it. We got to see. And Val will bring him to the test. He'll bring him. What happened to the guy? What happened to the guy? There he is. Uh-oh. There he is. Uh-oh. Jumped Technical out of there. difficulties. Wi-Fi issue there. Hello, I'm back, baby. As I was saying, 
hey, I might end up like uh, Bo Nickel just getting jumped out of here. So we'll see. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, you're you're obviously on the Bo Nickel train here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. OK. Bo all the way. So, Bo knows. All right. Bo for show. You already know. We'll, Bo see. Show. we'll see how it goes. Uh, moving into the next fight, we got a tarantula versus a hooker. You know, uh, a tarantula Ooh, and a hooker walk into a bar. Um, <laughs> seriously, though, we have Jalen, the tarantula Turner. Um, he was nice enough to take a picture with me at UFC San Diego and Drew. Shout hey. out. Um, and Dan, the hangman hooker who came to fight week looking like an extra from the Slim Shady music video. Um, <laughs> you love to see it, though. I'm not against it. I had my, my bleach blonde hair not too long ago, and I'll probably be coming back soon. So. How do you see this one going? Jalen Turner coming in against Dan Hooker. Dude, this is a fun one. This could be a co-main event or a main event for a fight night in it in its own, honestly. Uh, Dan, the uh, the hangman hooker, one of my favorite fighters. Uh, but boy, does he have his work cut out for him, right? The UFC does not give this guy any favors. I mean, he's, he's been at that top of the division for a long time now, right? And it's because he's fought so many talented guys. That's why I do think it is a toss up. I know he's a dog. I know Dan is a solid fighter all around, but he is just outside of that elite class, right? When we look at guys that he's lost to, the Michael Chandlers, Dustin Poirier, Islam, Makachev, Arnold Allen at 145, you know, these are all greats. My question is, is Dan getting any better at the age of 33? Yeah, he is a great fight camp. Yeah, he's in there rubbing shoulders with two champions, Israel Adesanya and Alex Volkanovsky. But he, he I've seen him go out on his shield a lot of times, you know, and I don't know how deep of water he can go, especially after seeing Jalen's last performance. And again, this is an opponent that's going to be bigger than him, which that Dan's not used to seeing that. Bigger, taller, stronger, faster. The tarantula is a scary guy. Very nice outside the octagon. Love hearing that. Humble. Uh, but I am a big fan of Jalen. I mean, he's been around the UFC game for a long time. He's trained with Michael Bisping. He's only 28 years old. But he's a great example of the new school fighter in today's day and age. I think he's extremely rangy. uses it well. His grappling, his Brazilian jiu-jitsu, if it goes to the ground, I think does give him some advantages. And he's so darn long, he's a problem anywhere it goes. And I think if Dan wants to sit there and try and strike with him, it's going to be a long night for, for Dan. He can take a beating. That might be what's handed to him if he just decides to sit in the pocket and trade with Jalen. Um, but if he does try to muddy up the fight, take him down, we just seen Jalen defend Matisse Gamrod off. I do think Jalen's defense is extremely, extremely good. Um, and I think Dan will get frustrated and eventually slow down. I think Jalen will pick him apart, man. I think that, uh, Kev, my dog. What's up, brother? Shout out, Kev. I, I do, Kev absolutely. from back in the Yelp days. Guy. Let's go. Great to see you, man. Oh. I do think Jalen's going to win, though. Jalen Turner's a savage. He's just, he's like I said, everywhere just a little bit better than Dan. And Dan's a great guy, but he's not at that level. And I think Jalen's getting better with each fight. I, I completely agree. Um, I completely agree with you. I completely agree with Drew in the chat here. Turner is ridiculous at this weight class. He's an absolute stud of a human being. And um, somehow, he's an even better fighter. Um, he's just incredible once he gets in that octagon. The way that he's able... It's like It's one thing to have length. It's one thing to have range. It's one thing to have reach. It's another thing in its entirety to be able to utilize it in the way in which 
this man is able to do it. Um, and not only in striking, like when you say like, oh, he's got a three inch reach advantage. The first thing you think is always oh, going to jab him up at distance, like pop, pop, pop. But that's not necessarily always the case, right? Like a lot of times it is. But when you have Jalen Turner, yeah, you have to worry about the jabs. Yeah, you have to worry about the range kicks, the teeps, the sidekicks. But you also have to worry about the fact that he's very talented when it comes to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. The man's nickname is the Tarantula, not just because he likes spiders, but because he's kind of like a spider when he wraps his limbs around you. And instead of injecting his venom into you, he just chokes you to sleep. Same, same. You're still dead. Um, So the man's a monster. And I I think... this is going to be a showcasing. He's currently 4-0 and over Australians or New Zealanders. Uh, and I think he's going to be 5-0 and over him now. And I feel like he he almost has a beef with city kickboxing fighters because he's just picking them off, man. Uh, he made one retire last time he fought one. And I think, I think he might make another one retire in this fight. You think so? You think, you think Dan might hang him up, the hangman, if he gets... Knocked out or something again? I mean, it could. I mean, that's not. I'll good tell you, for I, him I, would, I wouldn't be mad at it if he gets knocked out or, or like really finished in brutal fashion. I think it might be the right move. I mean, yeah, that's when you, when you look at what's above them, right? They're you know Jalen at eleven, Dan at twelve, and you see that murderous row in front of them. Dan's already lost a couple of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unless you're trying to chase a money fight, there's not much else there for you. And like, if your name's Dan Hooker, I apologize, but they're like. The money fights aren't really there for you like they are for adjusting. No. Adjusting. And we saw what happened when you try to go down to 145. Arnold Allen humbled you. Um, and there's, him. Yeah. And then going up isn't really going to help either. I mean, Dan's a bigger guy. You know, his frame. Going up is not the move. It's, it's no. not going to work out for him the way it worked out for Dustin when Dustin went from featherweight to. No. Yeah. No. Agreed. It's not yeah. the way. No, like very, very few people does it work that well for. Like you have your Dustin Poirier's, you have your Roy Jones Jr.'s like. And then you have your your um, TJ Dillashaw's who tried to go down. Yeah. And you have your Dan Hooker's who tried to go down. Um, oh, you have your John Joneses that are able to go up, and it works out really well for him, right? But well, it took him a while, yeah. And, and, and he's years. an anomaly. He's an anomaly too. Yeah, he's, but Jalen Turner, at least, admit it. He's an yeah, anomaly. yeah. And I mean, I said to say no, but Jalen Turner, yeah, he is someone that I mean, with his frame and his size at six three, if fighting at one fifty five. Like Drew said, he's an absolute ridiculous monster in this class. So he's maybe someone that can go up and maybe be okay. We don't know how much he's killing himself, right? Like an Alex Pereira. These guys are just freakish, but can somehow make this way vanish. I don't know how the heck they do it. Um, Yeah, few and far between. But yeah, man. So, I mean, are you leaning Jalen as well? Do you think he can get it done? Absolutely. I think think Jalen just ends him. I think he, he, anywhere the fight goes, he's better. Yeah. That's where it boils down. He's going to get to his marks first. Yeah, and, and I just think Dan's going to get frustrated or try to throw caution to the wind or just maybe end up being gun-shy because this guy's everywhere. He's just right in your face, in and out of range. It's, it's look, tough to deal with. I, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but in every fight that Dan Hooker has done exceptionally well in, he's had a reach advantage. He has a two-inch reach deficit and a two-inch height deficit in this fight. It's just not going to be a good night at the office. And he does train with Adesanya. I guess he's he's probably giving him some good looks. They're similar builds and size. That's maybe the one silver lining here. Maybe he kind of just is channeling his water boy and sees uh, Izzy in there water or is boy. able to <laughs> Gatorade <laughs> <laughs> or something. Maybe he's able to channel some energy. But uh, 
some chakra or something, but we'll see. I mean, I love Dan. I mean, I'm always ruined for him, but boy, I mean, Jalen's another savage that he's getting matched up with. So he really is. I mean, I'm, I'm a big Dan fan, but I just, I, I don't think this is a good matchup for him at all. As soon as they announced this matchup, I was just like, Oh, that's not great. Um, then, then, uh, then it was called off. Right. I think Dan had the yep. hand injury and then back and then they rescheduled. And I'm like, Oh, I like when they, when they pushed it back, I was like, cool, maybe they'll give him a more favorable opponent. Um, but it just, it didn't happen. So like, no, nope, we run it back, <laughs> run it back. Uh, you're not dodging this bullet. It's a heat seek. <laughs> so <laughs> target locked and acquired. Moving into the next one, we got Robert Whitaker, aka the Reaper, aka my favorite fan made nickname for him, Bobby Knuckles. Yes. Bobby Knux coming in against the WWE's very own DDP. Uh just kidding. It's a different DDP, Drikas Duplessis. Uh okay. he's he's an African fighter. Um and I mean, again, Africa, stand up. Your boys are on the card this this uh, week. Hey. Rickus Duplessis is really trying to rally for a fight against Israel Adesanya, who you were just speaking about, uh, Dan Hooker's training partner and the current middleweight champion, uh, the only man in the last decade to beat Robert Whitaker in middleweight. Crazy um, stat. Crazy. Yeah, and I mean, like, this is one of those fights where Robert Whitaker on paper, and if you ask any analyst, he wins this fight. Um, there's a reason Vegas has him as a favorite. Vegas is filled with smart people. Um, that being said, Drickus Duplessis, he can breathe. Now he can breathe through his nose. Uh, I can breathe. He can breathe. We've never seen him with the power of breath. Of breath. Um, so, and I mean, Man. like, he, he is a little bit of a dog. That Drickus guy. I mean, like, oh, definitely. And and I mean, like, before we really get into this, like, I, I got to give a word to uh, our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by a brand new book coming out soon. Let's go. Make sure you pick it up at your local Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Where my dog's at. <laughs> uh, so, again, DDP is a dog. Uh, oh, absolutely. Dude, he's definitely a dog. And, it like, all jokes aside, all BS aside, let's say he wasn't able to breathe out of his nose. Um, let, me, let me tell you, there's someone that I know that I could actually relate to that. Check this out. So... Can't breathe out of my nose. Uh, yeah. Been that way for quite some time. Uh, just a little bit crooked for those of you that hadn't noticed up until that moment. So <laughs> here's the thing. If he can now breathe out of his nose like a... Sorry, it's really crooked now. Um, if he can really breathe out of his nose like a normal human being... it's Yeah, it's just saying no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if he can actually breathe well out of his nose, like that does make a huge difference, especially when you're fighting with a thick mouthpiece you're trying not to keep your mouth open because that's when you really get knocked out is when you're breathing out or you have your mouth hanging open. You get that crazy jaw reverberation shot. Um, maybe he goes out there and knocks out Robert Whitaker, but I just think that's a crazy-ass thought. And, um, you know, there are times when you're extremely drunk and you think, like, you know, 
maybe I should try cocaine. And then you're like, nah, that's that's just a fucking stupid idea. <laughs> probably not. Right? Like that's 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 how I feel when I think DDP could probably win this. Then I'm like, nah. <laughs> nah. <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm probably drunk. Yeah, I think it's just the liquor talking. <laughs> uh, it's just so the liquor talking. I, I just truly think that Robert Whitaker brings too many skills to the table. Um Yes, there's a 2.5 inch reach deficit for Robert Whitaker going into this fight, but that's really the only advantage that I think DDP brings uh, to the table here. Yeah. I'd agree, man. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head here. I mean, Rob's the better fighter. He's honestly a future Hall of Famer, and he would be the best middleweight fighter of all time and would have been on just this crazy run if... Israel Adesanya did not exist. This human being did not come over to the UFC and just stay doing his thing and kickboxing. This guy, you know, Rob, man, he has no holes in his game. Unbelievable heart, gas tank, never empty. And he's beat all the who's who's, right? Marin Vittori, uh, Jared Cannonier, Yoel Romero twice, amongst others, all the who's who, man. Most and, and I feel like he's like the most reliable, most consistent fighter. It's like he never takes a night off, never takes a round off. Never in a boring fight. Best boxer middleweight. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I had to throw that in. He's literally the best boxer at middleweight. Yeah. I mean, dude, he's the the best fighter other than Israel Adesanya. Other than Adesanya. And I did love how he checked. I think he's a more well-rounded fighter than Adesanya. I just think Adesanya, like they say styles make fights. That's just a terrible style fight for him. Just he's the ultimate kryptonite. He's, you know, that's what he is. And and I think uh, Michael Bisming kind of mentioned that to Rob saying, you know, you're the most, you're the scariest fighter, like uh, outside of the champion. And he's like, no, alongside the champion, I'm the most dangerous guy in the division. Like, that's a fact. And I was like, dude, I believe that. That's a, that's a fact. No doubt about it. So I, like, if I, you ask me which one I'd be more terrified to step in the octagon with, I don't know how I would answer. I mean, dude, and he's still only 32 years old. Like he's still got a lot of, hopefully yeah, a few more years ahead of us. I mean, he, he's the, just maybe two years into his fight prime right now, if I'm being honest, like yeah. the man is still, he still has like at least two to three years. If he wants, dude, it. if he wants it, if, if maybe is he eventually goes off into the sunset or if who knows, maybe this next time around, I mean, anything can happen, man. Um, but I, I do want to say, you know, Drake is Duplessis. I want to give him his props. I do like the problems that I think he'll present in this fight. You know, the 29 year old South African fighter, he does look like a comic book hero, if we're being honest. He's got that crimson chin, the physique of a chiseled Greek god. Uh, but he has a 19 and 2 record, eight KOs, surprisingly, with 10 submission victories. That one caught my eye. Wasn't expecting that. Uh, he is very well-rounded, but he's not perfect, right? I think that's the big thing here. This and guy. I don't think fights. he submits Rob. If I'm being honest, sorry. No, no, I don't. I don't think he can. I mean, I, I, like I said, anything can happen. Maybe if he hurts him and and can get his back, I guess you never know. But Rob is so smart everywhere it goes, and it just feels like uh, is Duplessis is someone that like fights like a bad guy in the movie. It's like he comes out guns blazing, makes you think he's gonna get you down, puts on this pressure. And hey, maybe with the new nose, maybe he's not going to eventually lose that gas tank because his energy meter fell quicker than the NFT prices, man, I swear. Um, you know, a lot of coverage on this nose surgery, like you demonstrated. Maybe that is going to add, you know, 10%, 20% to his gas tank or just change a little bit of how he fights. 
But overall, there's just too many holes in his game when it comes to the striking. I think Rob's IQ will show. He's going to be a step ahead. As long as Rob doesn't go chasing, which I don't think he will. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He doesn't rush into things. I think he'll just slowly pick him apart for 15 minutes. And that actually does favor Drickus Duplessis a little bit more. If this was a 25-minute fight, I think there's no chance. But because he knows there's only three rounds he got to get through, and he's been able to do that for the most part with half a nose or 10% of a nostril, then shoot, okay, hey, run it full 15, but you know you're getting the best Rob. He's motivated as all hell. He looks good. He's going to put it on you. He may not Scary put guy. you out, but he's going to put it on you. He might put like a new record on for strikes landed in middleweight or something. He, he's going to put a pace, I think. He's going to he's gonna be like determined to show Izzy like, yo, I'm ready. Like, I am a guy. You know, he's like going to be angry, I think, Rob. I think you're going to see a good version of him. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like he, um, it's going to be one of those times where he really feels like he has to prove something or comes out with something to prove, rather. And uh, DDP is just going to be on the wrong side of that. Yeah. Now, and he's shown one, some durability, oh, sorry, but ahead. no, I was just saying he's shown his durability in Drake's Suplessy, but oh man, Rob's, he's different. He's different. That's why I think you're right. Like, I think it's going to end up being one of those all time most strikes in a middleweight fight, um, thrown away and landed by, by Rob. Like, yeah, I, they're the perfect two guys to match up to set those types of records. Let's just be honest here. Yeah. Um, that being said, moving into this co main event, the co main event of the evening. Here we, we go. Had Brandon Moreno. You've seen him in movies like Superbad. Uh, he played McLovin. Uh, no, just kidding. He does look <laughs> a lot like McLovin, though. So he's coming in against Alessandra Pantoja. Now, Alessandra Pantoja, not necessarily the biggest household name in the world, but this is one of those fights where we actually have something that, I, you know, they, they could have written this in a movie, folks. Um, now, why am I saying this, right? Because let's let's skip back just a little bit through the ripples of time. Uh, to to a year called 2018, okay? Now, there was a fight between a man named Brandon Moreno, the assassin baby, against Alessandra the cannibal Pantoja. Uh, it was on May 19th, headlined by Damian Maya versus Kamaru Usman. And Brandon Moreno lost that fight. Now, what happened when he lost that fight? Well, he got kicked out of the UFC. He effectively got fired from his job. Um and what did he do? He he went on and he got a nasty TKO four rounds into his very next fight at LFA. Um, and then he got back into the UFC. Jumps back into the UFC and they put him right up against a young man who's terrifying named Askar Askarov. From there on, he, he fights his way up. He makes his way on back. And he ends up getting a just beautiful run in the UFC and becoming the UFC champion. But... The last man to beat him, other than the guy who was currently champion when he made it back to the UFC, was this guy who got him evicted from his last job. This guy who is now challenging him for the belt. And uh, this guy who's bringing in a lot of confidence in Alessandra Pantoja. But before I go into how I see the fight going, Nano, what, what do you think? How do you see this one playing out on, on both sides? Man, this is a fun one. This is an extremely fun one. I got my Mexico jersey on. We're rooting for my boy Brandon, a.k.a. our favorite Lego master here. Uh, but I have the same thing that you led off with, is this is a narrative that fits into another comic book storyline. You know, the the quadrilogy 
or the yeah, I think for four the four fights with uh, Diaz and Figueroa, man, I mean that was something that we've never seen, may not ever see again. Uh, but it, that almost felt like that was the first boss and the first level here for Brandon Moreno's story. Now he's leveled up. Now we're talking Mortal Kombat or something. But now he's facing off against his newest uh, arch nemesis. And like you mentioned, right, Alexandre, Alexandre, uh, the man that has two wins over the current champion. Uh, the reality is, I feel, and I mean, this is a real fact, is that they did last face off five years ago. And since then, both of these fighters have completely evolved. They don't even look the same, right? It's, it's, it's like, it's not a Squirtle versus a Charmander, right? This is a Bulbasaur versus a Charizard, if you're a Pokemon fan. Um, the edge has definitely got to be given, though, to our boy Brandon Moreno. He's leveled up, I think, leaps and bounds more than anyone else in the division. Um, reason being, the championship experience in the Octagon. Those four fights with, Devi, uh, with Figgy. Five round wars under his belt. And and this is a fighter who I think stylistically is similar to Figgy, right? Alexander Pantoja. I think he's a similar foe. And I do think that Brandon, now being 29 years old, has the right training camp, has a private training facility, has put all of his skills together. His boxing, his ground game, his leg kicks, his movement, his just everything, right? His better all around game now. Which leads me over to Alexandre, right? 33 years old. He fought Brandon Moreno at 24 years old. So we're, we're, we're looking at a young spring chicken here, right? Think of all of us when we were 24. I mean, come on, still still we're kids. Um, and this was basically, and, and so now you know we have an older version of Brandon now that he's facing off against. You know, can we say with complete confidence that in between that time, uh, Alexandre has gotten better within that time period? What I meant to say was he was basically only a year older than what Brandon is now. So when Alex first fought Brandon, he was 28. Brandon was 24. Now he's 33. Brandon's 29. So I do think those age breaks are kind of significant. If you do think about just your maturity in the UFC, where they were in their careers, and what they've done within that time frame since. Again, I think the edge has to go to Brandon here. I think he's made more significant leaps. I do think Alessandre is a strong opponent, constantly moving forward, and he fights with that ferocious pace, right? That earned him the name Cannibal. Really does feel like he's trying to rip your face off or something out there and eat it like a late night snack, you know, Dahmer style. Um, but hey, using some MMA math here, Alexandre did lose to Figueroa back in 2018. It did feel like, you know, after rewatching that fight again, um, just felt like Figgy was able to use his distance a little bit better, was able to get his head off the center line and just land some of the more effective, more significant strikes throughout the three round fight. Um, and it's, you know, it's because Alexandre moves forward so much. He He's trying to land those hard punches, trying to get a hold of you. I do think if Brandon can move well, kind of study what was done in that game tape, and using some MMA math here, right? He beat Figgy. Figgy beat Alexandre. I think he's back, man. I think Brandon, even la médico si se puede, I think he's going to get it done, brother. What do you think, though? Oh, dude, Curious si your se thoughts. puede. Vamos, Brandon. Let's go, dude. Um, I, I think Brandon gets it done. Using MMA math, since since that fight, you carry the one, you, you hold the two. Um, look, Alessandro, since that win, has gotten six more wins. Brandon, since that win or since that loss, has gotten seven more wins. The math checks out, folks. 
Brandon's done more and against better, more seasoned opposition. Um, I love Matt Danger Snell. He's one of my favorite fighters in the whole division uh, of flyweight and, and bantamweight when he decides to go up to 135 occasionally. But Alessandro Pantoja's most notable win is over him. Um, like, other than that, he has wins over Manel Kopp, uh, Brandon Royval. That's a pretty solid win, too, the the rear naked choke over him. But again, that's like it's, that win is two years old now already. Um, he He's not super-duper active, whereas Brandon is. And Brandon is also coming off his first full camp with his new gym, with his new coach, uh, with Safe Sayud. And I think he's just going to be an animal in there. I think... In the last one, there was a lot of emotion. In this one, he's going to be having fun. He's going to be doing what he loves, which is mixed martial arts and taking someone's head off. Um, I got Brandon. I, I got Brandon, the assassin baby, Moreno, all day. Take it to the bank. I agree. Probably will be taken to the bank. But Is it's there... going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one for as long as it lasts. I mean, these guys are going to be swinging. Alexandre's style is extremely fun to watch, and I'm curious to see how Brandon deals with it, man. This third time around, let's go. It's going to be good, man. It's going to be really good. Um, and then we're finally here. We've made it to the main event of the evening. We got go. Alexander the Great Volkanovsky coming in against Yair Rodriguez, a.k.a. Pantoja, a.k.a. Yurir. Um, I'm super stoked for this fight, man. I think this is going to be absolute fireworks. And um, you know what? I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. I feel like I took the steam on a lot of the prelims here. For me. I appreciate it, brother. I'll keep it short and sweet because I do want to hear your thoughts and breakdown from a, a you know, a, a guru as yourself. Because this is going to be two, like, I mean, we're talking two great MMA fighters, two great styles clashing in here. Um, huge moment for Mexico. Again, coming off Brandon and the co-main event. Hopefully get the job done. But uh, just in terms of our you know, overall martial arts movement, somewhat of a takeover, I like to say, that we're seeing here from Mexico. I um, also wanted to give Yadier a quick shout out for his interim belt and a little flavor to that with uh, you know, the rich Mexican culture. Never seen it done. I was curious to see if maybe people would be roasting him or not. I think for the most part, maybe people are okay with just him expressing himself a little bit or having that individuality. Um, but I thought that was cool. Um, you know, a little nod to the the hometown there. Uh, but yeah, overall, just a couple notes I have on this fight. Yadier, just an overall extremely fun, extremely talented fighter, has all the tools and is even mentioned throughout the week here in fight conferences or the embedded or the countdown that he wants to be unpredictable. He wants to be fun. He wants to be loose and he, and he wants to, you know, give Volk problems. And as much as that sounds great, the reality is the the way Yadier fights, he keeps his hands down. He tries to just bring his head back. If you watch that Max Holloway fight, and then you watch, again, he uses MMA math, and then you watch what Volkanovsky did to Max Holloway, my my thought is, man, it's it's going to start to feel, unless he can land, unless Yadier can land something early, a lot of these fancy strikes are just going to be blown in the wind. Volk's going to be a foot out of range, then he's going to jump right back into range, be right on top of you, be hitting you, be not going anywhere, chopping at the legs, ripping the body, taking you down. I just think Volk is wherever it goes, he's going to be faster, sharper, and more durable. 
and can Yadier keep up with that pace? It did feel like he started to fade a lot in that max fight. And again, when you're throwing double, triple back, spinning kicks and all this stuff, I mean, it you get tired, right? I know he's known to have a decent cardio, but it's not on Volk's level. Volk is different, right? And and I mean, after what we've seen Volkanovski do as of recent, I mean, coming off of, oh, I mean, anyone he's beaten at featherweight, but that fight against Islam, to me, I could never bet against my guy Volk here. Even the next time him and Islam fight, I might have to bet Volkanovski. You know, fool me once, shame on me. Hey, brother, I'm, I said I might. That was the end of Emiliano. <laughs> Cut me off, brother. Cut me off. But no, he earned my respect, man. He's earned my respect. He's the champ. Pound for pound. Tied. He, he's definitely earned my respect. Uh, he's definitely up there. Alexander Volkanovsky is one of the greatest of all time. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. And he will be in the UFC Hall of Fame. And if, fucking God willing, we get a, an MMA uh, Hall of Fame one of these days that's not UFC specific, he'll definitely be uh, one, of, one of the first to be admitted into. Um, Drew's Drew's loving you in the chat right now. He loves to fucking just hate on everything, aka Dick. Uh, let's fucking go, Nano Volk over Islam. Um, aha, let's so, go. Or sorry, Volk is greater than Islam. Um, so my Talk breakdown on this: uh, Alexander Volkanovsky is twenty-five and two. The man only has two losses. One, a very very close unanimous decision loss. Unanimous, Drew. You hear me? Unanimous. Um, unanimous decision loss to Islam Makachev just back in February of this year. That is his most recent uh, loss and most recent fight. Before then, it's been a very long time. It's actually been a decade, which is a lifetime in combat sports since his last loss. That being said, that loss came 13 seconds into the third round against a 170-pound fighter named Corey Nelson. Now, Corey Nelson is definitely not a household name. He's 19 and 8, uh, fights out of Liverpool, New South Wales, Nickname Major, um, but Major Nelson was able to catch him slipping. He caught him with a TKO. He head kicked him, followed up with punches, and he was able to get the job done. Now, head kicks is the bread and butter of Yair Rodriguez. Um, and I think that Yair is able to get it done here in a weird, weird way. I don't know why. I've I've got the same just terrifying feeling in my gut, Nano, that I had whenever Alexa Grasso was stepping up to fight Valentina Shevchenko. Um, a feeling that I had whenever TJ Dillashaw was stepping up to fight Hannon Burrell and Hannon Burrell hadn't been beaten a decade. Um, I don't get these feelings super duper often. Um, I had the same feeling whenever Sugar Sean went in against Peter Yan, uh, and I switched him to my DraftKings that morning. So, I mean, like, I have a feeling. Again, my brain is telling me Volk. Volk is literally the greatest featherweight of all time. But that being said, I might be going to visit a little bookie when I get to Vegas uh, about a young man named Uriah Rodriguez. Whoa. As soon as you said, I got a feeling, I just started singing that song from that guy. He's like, I got a feeling. Wow. Okay. Okay. I hear you, brother. And I'm with it. I'd be happy either way. It's a wound for me, man. My people win or the people's champ wins. Either way, it's going to be a good fight. It's going to be a great either fight. Either way, it's going to be a win for the people. Let's go. I'm excited about it, man. I'm, I'm super excited. I think it's going to be a really great fight. I don't think it's going to be one-way traffic by any means. And I no, think 
no. Yair's going to prove to be a problem for him just because of, like a lot of people think that Alexander Volkanovsky suffers a, a reach disadvantage in most of his fights, but he doesn't. He's just really short. He actually has a very, really good, like a really, really good ape index, which means his height versus reach are very odd. And the fact mm-hmm. that he has a really good reach for his height. Now he's 5'5", five, five, which is four inches shorter than Yair Rodriguez, but he has a half inch reach advantage on Yair Rodriguez. Um, four inches shorter, but his his reach is longer. Uh, so again, incredible ape index. But that being said, I think that this is one of those weird random occasions where we actually have to pay more attention to the height than we do the reach because that four-inch height advantage is going to pay dividends for someone that's able to snap their foot up at lightning speed, okay? Yeah. Like, let me tell you, Ezra Miller just got canceled as the Flash. You need to replace him with somebody? This guy's fucking fast. Cast him. Ooh, okay? there you he go. He doesn't even need there CGI. We um, there we go, yep. Yair El Pantera Rodriguez, he's a beast, dude. Like, I, I just, honestly, if you would have asked me who I thought was going to win this fight, Back in, in 2019 when he was fighting against Jeremy Stevens, or in 2018 when he was fighting against Chan Sung Jung and got basically dominated for four minutes and uh, or for for four and a half rounds, like I would have said, not a chance in hell that he has a shot against Alexander Volkanovsky. But having seen what he's done against Josh Emmett, against Brian Ortega, and that that shoulder injury TKO from Brian Ortega, no, dude, if you're trying to armbar me. And my defense snaps your shoulder out of place. That means I beat you at submission game, bro. Like I'm a better grappler than you on this day. And if I'm the striker and you're the grappler, throw your black belt in the trash, dog. You're done. He did that. He did that to T-City and he made it look very easy. Did it in one round. And then after that, he went out there against an orc from Mordor named Josh Emmett and he destroyed him, bro. Like, honestly, I feel like Jason Herzog was having a hard time watching that ass whooping. Oh, dude. Yeah, it was impressive. I mean, Yadier, when when he's in his flow state, it's like there is nobody out there that looks like he does. I mean, he, yeah, Kev, honestly. Polk loses this motherfucker. Olin is the Oracle. <laughs> the true Oracle anomaly. Um, that's amazing. We hear you, brother. I mean, yeah, you, you, yeah, you got to go with your gut. You got to go with your gut. And I mean, there's a path to victory for Yadier. I mean, again, he's his leg strikes, that four-inch leg reach advantage is going to be hard to deal with. And it doesn't take much. I mean, it could be a glazing ankle, bone, a toe. I mean, something to the body. Something you know. worth noting. And again, I don't want to put this bad juju into the air, but I have to say what I see. Um, I was watching the media day interviews before this. Um, I noticed the little custom UFC Band-Aid that he had on. It's a cut, right? He's got a cut. He's got a cut yeah. under his eye. Like, you don't want to go into a fight against someone who's a headhunter like Yair Rodriguez with a cut already there that's going to be a target bro like that's x marks the spot he knows where the treasure is it's buried right there and he's just gonna dig in um until the ref comes in and gives him that extra treasure chest which is double the paycheck and a gold belt and um, he's finding someone that throws some vicious neat elbows uh kicks again like we we're talking about but those elbows are nasty those things look his sharp. elbows are disgusting bro yeah and the way that he throws them, they're so calculated and on target. Like he never just throws something to throw something, which with the style of fighting that he has, if you're like just a casual fan, you're watching, you're like, oh, this dude's just like throwing everything, everything but the kitchen sink. And it appears that way often, but that's not the case. Like he throws with intent at all times. 
and he doesn't waste energy when he throws. I was most impressed with him in his fight most recently against Josh Emmett. Uh, when Josh Emmett would step into him, he would try and invade his space and cut him off, which is honestly great game plan. Chef's kiss to that, folks. Like That's what you should do against a rangy fighter that's in and out the way that Yair Rodriguez is. You want to cut them off, you want to cut their pacing, and you want to make sure you don't give them a chance to get started and find a rhythm or a flow, so to speak. And he was doing the right thing by shuffling in as quickly as he can. But the crazy thing is he, he got in like once or twice shuffling in and then directly after that happened Yair's like okay this is what his muscles do or like he looks down whatever he figured out he figured out the tick that Josh does before he does that quick shuffle step and I watched it happen I kid you not I counted six fucking times that it happened the fight was only two rounds he caught this tail this tick and then from that point in time six times I watched him just lift his knee right up onto the center line and just concave the stomach and chest area of, of a launching forward Josh Emmett. Alexander Volkanovsky does the same exact thing. Very, very quick herky-jerky shuffle movement. Man, I just, I, I have a weird feeling that if Yair sees a tick or a tail, it's it's gonna, it's, it's just gonna be steel clashing into each other and it's gonna be a tale of which sword breaks first. I mean, Volk looks like he's built out of freaking bamboo that guy man i mean Fuck we know man. he's, he's built durable out of adamantium <laughs> I don't, yeah that guy is built different yeah i mean honestly he's he's tough as hell he's been stopped before um and i mean his his defense is not great i mean he's he he, he can and will get hit and is willing to get hit to get one he's to, very hittable yeah yeah very hittable so volk's in a tee off volk may not put him away although he does have some heavy hands volk's not known to knock fools out but boy, I mean, if he puts puts some good leather on you, oof! Especially after you're throwing one of those crazy kicks or something, you're just not expecting it. I mean, you never know, man. Yeah. But again, that can happen the same way. It's tough, man. I, I feel like we could talk about this all night, but I am excited to see some fun striking. I'm excited to see the the game of chess they're playing. What what tactics they deploy? I think we'll know right away. Yeah, there might be some downloading at first, but I think we'll know right away. The way Yadier usually tries to jump out and the way Volk responds, we'll know how the fight's going to go. Absolutely. And we'll be able to see it, I think, pretty quick. Yeah, I, I think so. I think you're definitely right about that. I think uh, we'll know how the fight's going to go within probably the first three to four minutes of the fight. First couple exchanges, we'll be able to see, okay, mm, this is going to be, yep, like, be a problem. Is, is he piecing up Yadier's legs? Is he going for takedowns early? Or is Yadier catching his timing and ke- keeping him on the outside with teep, sidekicks, spinning back, uh, wheel kicks, etc.? Um, mm-hmm. I think it'll be a really fun fight. I think it'll be a really technical fight. And I yep. think it'll be a fight where we learn a lot about both of these fighters that we already feel like we know a ton about. Um, and these are my favorite types of fights for that reason. Uh, so that being said... We do have a little bet versus bet action for you guys. Um, so let's uh, let's go ahead and start off with Nano here and see what he's cooking up, guys. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Jab Took It Talk here. And, you know, as y'all know, or if you're new to the channel, me and Olin, we get our bets on. Okay, we try to make it spicy here. We try to have a little extra motivation going into these fights. So what do we do? We got a little competition. Whose dogs are going to get it done? And you know me. You know I love my dogs. I'm promoting my book. 
And I'm just a fan of dogs. I got a dog myself. And so I got four dogs. I got one card, one bet slip, but we got four dogs that we riding with this weekend. And now I know I, last time I put all my eggs in a basket and, and I and I deviated a little bit from the basket this time. We're going just strictly money line. OK, starting at the top, Jalen, the tarantula Turner. He's a savage. He's, you know, tarantula is, is a dog in the in the insect world. OK, he, he's going to come out, showcase his skills. I think just be a little bit too much for Jalen to handle or excuse me, for Dan Hooker to handle. So give me Jalen all the way. Next, our boy, Robert Whitaker. Come on. He's a dog. He's a legend. Hall of Famer, Bobby Knuckles. He's going to be putting his bloody Bobby Knucks on Dorikis Duplessis' South African face. Uh, but all jokes aside, I think this one actually will be really fun. As much as I think Rob might have a good chance of knocking him out or I want to chase the good odds, we're sticking with the money line here. We're just you know putting all these eggs in this big bass here, baby. Next, Brandon Moreno. Si se puede, my Mexican champion. This one I probably feel the least confident in, if I'm being totally honest, because Alexandre is also a dog. This guy has Brandon's number. He has beat him twice. A part of me is thinking, man, this guy's already beat him twice. I mean, what, what am I looking at here, right? What is the X factor? But I think it's Brandon's championship pedigree. I think his, his uh, previous experience going to five rounds and we just haven't seen that from Pantoja yet. So for that alone, I think Brandon's going to go in deep waters. And I know he's going to be there. I know he's not going to give up. I know he has the heart of a champion. And I know he's going to retain that title. Last but certainly not least. And this one does break my heart. This one really does break my heart. Because I do love Yadir. And like we talked about, he has a kicker's chance. He has a, a swinger's chance. He's extremely talented and probably one of the funnest fighters in that entire division. But... We're talking about Alexander the Great here, y'all. We're talking about Volkanovski. We're talking about Volk, the pound-for-pound greatest right now. And honestly, if we look back, this guy is going to go in the record books as one of the greatest ever. Let's be honest. Okay, especially if he comes back and beats Islam later on. We'll discuss that another time. But in all reality, when it's all said and done, I just can't bet against this guy. I do think he'll find a way to get it done. I'm going to use some MMA math and Max Holloway as that uh, you know, as that similarity between him and his opponent, and look what Volk did to Max. Right, Max is also a Hall of Famer, also one of the best of all time, and he was able to weather Yadier's storm. He was able to f- figure out the puzzle. I do think Alexander Volkanov is going to do the same thing. He is going to figure out Yadier's puzzle. He's not going to get caught in compromising positions. He's going to not make any mistakes. He's going to piece up Yadier. He's going to hurt him. Hopefully that cuts not an issue. That does make me a little worried now that I'm thinking about it more. But honestly, and and again, I wouldn't be, I would not be mad if this egg basket drops. I lose all the eggs here because Yadier is the new champion. I will not be mad at that. But if it doesn't, I'm taking my six unis and I'm running with it. Ha <laughs> ha! Let's go. And there you have it, y'all. Those are those are solid picks, my friend. Thanks, man. Stick with the money lines. Not going too crazy. I might end up putting some maybe one-off bets here as the fight card approaches just because I'm probably going to get excited and going to want to just, I don't know, have some more dogs in the fight because, you know, I love my dogs. But uh, I don't think that'll count towards our competition. In terms of you and I, brother, that's what I'm, ro- that's what I'm rolling with. 
What do you got for me? All right, folks, it is time. We're going to talk about the weekly anomalies here, a.k.a. my picks. Uh, so I, I think I've got some really solid ones lined up for you folks here today. Um, I'm, I'm going with a completely different approach than Mr. All My Eggs in One Basket himself, a.k.a. the turkey, a.k.a. Um, we're, we're, we're going in hard here. We're doing a little divide and conquer, folks. I got 3.5 units to win 21.34. Folks, what does it look like? What does it all mean? We got Jalen Turner to win via TKO, KO, DQ, or submission. A little minus 150 solo bet there. And then we have another little solo bet here. We got Yair Rodriguez to win by KO, TKO, DQ, or submission, plus 450. Uh, And then as far as the parlays, got a two-pick parlay for you here on the right. We got plus 816 for the odds on this one. We got Jalen Turner to win via TKO, KO, DQ, or submission. (laughs) Deja vu. Uh, And then Yair Rodriguez, oh, deja vu again, to win by KO, TKO, DQ, or submission. As you can see, just in case only one of these hits, we still cash, right? Um, And then the, the big one here is what I call... The no time parlay, folks. We got a lot of unders here. Robbie Lawler versus Nico Price. You got two prolific finishers, both looking for what? A finish. So what do I think is going to happen? A finish. Under 2.5 rounds, minus 175, moving forward. Under 2.5 on this next one, too. Why? Because it's only a three-round fight. We got Robert the Reaper Whitaker coming in against DDP. Both of these guys need a finish if they want an argument to get that next title shot. And I think both of these guys are capable of doing it over the man that stands across from them on this given night. So let's see how it turns out. I personally think that it's going to be in favor of Robert Whitaker getting that finish in the first or second round. In the next one, we have Alexander Volkanovsky versus Yair Rodriguez under 4.5. One of these men is losing. And neither of these men is going to want to see it go the distance. I think somebody gets finished within three rounds of this one. Uh, but just to be safe, we took the under 4.5, minus 120, moving forward for the final, the big finale, Brandon Assassin Baby Moreno coming in against Alexandra Pantoja. You know I had to take the under 4.5 on this one, guys. At plus 105, those odds are a steal, in my opinion. Uh, I just I think both of these guys are going to be coming in here looking to get a finish. Both of these guys are more than capable of it. You have two guys that are moving as fast as Super Saiyans in there. Um, Like, come on. Either way it goes, both guys can get a submission. Both guys can get the TKO or KO. We've seen it happen numerous times. Again, gun to my head, I'm choosing Brandon Moreno. But the safe bet here is just to take the under 4.5. There's plus odds on it. Again, that is a steal. Um, and, And as usual... Please do let us know whose bets you like better in the chat, uh, in the comments section. We love to hear it. You know we're big fans of uh, just any kind of feedback and all kinds of feedback. And uh, yeah, so let us know how you really feel in the chat. 
personally, I, I think we both have really, really solid bets here. Um, I'm not mad at yours by any means. I actually think you have really solid lineups uh, this week. I appreciate it, brother. I'm nervous about yours as well, man. It's a stiff competition as always. You know, I expect nothing from the best from both of us here. But like I said, and I mean, the reality is uh, this card has some heavy dogs on it. A Tatsura Tyra, right? Where it's minus 1,000. Bo Nickel, what did you say as well? It was like oh, minus 2,800. Goodness gracious. So it's tough, right? I think, you know, if you want to kind of, I like your approach, right? It's like, hey, maybe you chase over-unders. If you want to look at it as, okay, how, how, how are we going to, how are these, these fights going to go? I was like, you know, I'm sticking to the money line. I'm just choosing my dogs because, you know, I'm a dog. I like my dogs. Um, or somewhere in the middle, right? I mean, there again, there's some some other good ones. I think another name I was looking at that I would consider betting on as well. Honestly, Jimmy Crute, you're getting decent odds for it. Or Alonzo, yeah. if you're leaning towards what you were saying earlier, you're going to get some decent odds. Uh, Vitor Petrino is another guy I was leaning. You know, again, all the favorites are heavy favorites, but he's another one undefeated. Facing Marcin Procneo. Ah, I mean, man, this this card is littered with fun fights. Again, if you're not loving the odds straight up, maybe you do kind of a pair like I did with two or three of your favorites. Or you do a combination of over-unders, uh, path to victory. You know, there's a lot of fun ones, man. But this is definitely one worth submitting a couple tickets for. You might as well. Absolutely. And do it responsibly. Uh, again, yeah, I, I just... I think there's a lot of really, really solid odds on this one. Um, and especially if you're willing to go through all the different like fight props and things like that. Um, and some of the round prop parlays are actually not bad at all. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to bet a, a parlay on or a parlay on somebody or not a parlay, just a bet on somebody having a draw. I mean, Jimmy Crute and Alonzo Menafield, they had a draw last time they fought. You can put $5 on that to win almost 300. So, Whoa. um, <laughs> It's plus. It's always plus five thousand odds on a draw. We've seen Brandon Moreno draw before. Maybe they do that again. Yeah. You never know. Another quadrilogy. No, that's a fun oh, one. God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like there's there's a lot of like really really fun ones. Um, if you think that someone's gonna get like a, a really really fast finish, um, like if you really think that Jalen Turner's gonna come out there and get a, a crazy finish in the first round. Like plus eight hundred to win in the first sixty seconds of the fight. That's a really fun kind of nail biter of a of a bet. Um, even more so if you think that Alexander Volkanovsky is going to come out and uh, that that fight is going to end in the first sixty seconds. Not even if you want to bet on who's going to win, you can get that at plus eighteen hundred odds. Ooh. So again, like if there's any like flash knockout fights that you think there's really really good good odds on those. Um. You can even bet on point deductions now, which is kind of crazy to me. That is crazy. Alonzo, like you can you can bet for a point. Like, will there be a point deducted? Wow, plus two thousand odds. When is John Jones fighting? I'm gonna hammer that fucking. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> They're definitely gonna it. deduct a point. <laughs> oh man, thanks, Kev. We appreciate you, brother. Let's go. Nice picks in the chat. Um, and honestly, Eric, you're correct, man. You can bet on anything, on literally anything. Uh, so, yeah, guys, honestly, 
I got to get up off of here so I can finish packing because I will be hitting the road at like 6 a.m. to Let's head to go. Vegas. Big week Drew, for Eric, the boys. Jalen, I'll see you guys there. Um, can't fucking wait. Drew, happy birthday again, man. Happy Let's birthday go. to Drew. Um, do, 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 do. Seriously. Happy birthday, brother. Enjoy it, man. Enjoy with the boys. Um, yep. Definitely have a couple things that we'll be bringing to you in Vegas. And uh, can't wait to see you tomorrow, man. And for those of you that I won't be seeing in Vegas, damn, I hope to see you next year at International Fight Week. That's for sure. Um, and yeah, safe travels to you. Yeah, def- definitely at this guy here for sure. Looking at you, bro. Um, I'll be there. Best believe. Yeah, you definitely have to be there next year. If you're not, you're going to beat up, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm meeting the octagon. <laughs> like, you're just, like, there's just no way around it. You're, gonna, you're just going to get beat up. We're, I'm going to bring a couple mouthpieces. I'm going to say, put this in. Let's go to the back. Good guy. luck. And, uh, <laughs> get in your corner. <laughs> get, get in your corner. Fighters, are you ready? <laughs> um, so, as always, uh, I will see you next week. I will be back live with the man the myth the turkey himself tuesday after ultimate fighter shortly after ultimate fighter uh and thursday we'll be back to our normal time on thursday around 8 p.m and man hopefully i'll have some fun content to to throw up in the video at random from international fight week from the festivities let's go go. enjoy brother enjoy the festivities looking forward to it everybody tune in saturday it's gonna be a fun one let's get it absolutely and if you're new around here Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and smash that bell for notifications. And uh, keep the love and passion for mixed martial arts alive, folks. We'll see you next week.